All topics covered here are for conversational purposes only and do not constitute financial advice. Please contact Mulcane Co. to receive advice on all matters from one of our professionals. Welcome everybody to episode 8 of the FS360 podcast. As normal, you've got the two super hosts here, Gavin Nash and Chris Mulcahy. Afternoon, Chris. Hey, Gavin. How are you going? Going well, mate. There's bloody plenty happening though, isn't there? Yeah, no, look, it's been another busy week and as I say each week, I think the weeks just roll around and very quickly, so... I think you nearly got to take a deep breath sometimes. There's so much happening in the office here just with, um, well, all the different divisions, but probably accounting is probably the busiest guys at the moment. Yeah, that's right. No, we've There's been... A lot happening. Yeah, look, it's normally a busy time year anyway, just with tax planning catching up Coming up clients. to June 30, yep. Up to June 30 and also with the COVID-19 stimulus packages and applying for job keepers and all the other, uh, you know, uh, items out there. So, it's, yeah, it has been a very busy time. The team have done a fantastic job and continue to do so. And, you know, there's a few parents at home teaching their children as well, so trying to work. So they've Done a great job and I think, you know, the school starts heading back. Is it next week? And the yeah, week I think after? we've got some year levels going back on Monday in Victoria and then in two weeks, June the 9th, they're going yeah. back, the rest of them are going back. So, yeah, by June the 9th, we'll have all kids back at school in Victoria anyway. So. Yeah, no, so it has, yeah, I think it's, uh, yeah, for everyone, it's just been a lot of change and I think we're, yeah, we're dealing with it well, but, yeah, looking forward to the end of June. I think uh, we all need a holiday at the end of it all, you know, <laughs> you almost need a break. We're not going to be able to go many places, but you nick up to Mildura or no, if you're in Queensland, right. you can come down to Sydney or something. Yeah, no, that's right. So, no, look, I think there's a bit of pressure on to open up the borders now, isn't there? I think yeah. um, was Pauline Hanson on the news saying she's going to take Queensland government to court if they don't <laughs> open things up. So, <laughs> Well, I don't think the AFL were too happy with the South Australian Premier because he was sort of saying, we're going to stay shut, you know. Yeah, so, um, yeah. But they're hopeful. I just another, read another article today that they're really hopeful South Australia might open. Yeah, right, uh, yeah, in the coming days. So yeah, just yeah. because all, I think South Australia and a couple of states are at zero cases now. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's all getting under control. And as we said when we started this podcast, I think we're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. We're starting to see the other end of it. Um, so yeah, it's a matter of keeping positive and uh, trying to make sure we do everything we can to uh, make sure we're in good shape at the end. Yeah, that's right. So I think you know the government needs a bit of a pat on the back for what they've done and how quickly they implemented things. And I think all all levels of government have contributed to that, which has been great. So, yeah, as we keep saying each week, we're seeing the money from the stimulus package, the cash flow boost is hitting business bank accounts, which is great. So that's allowing, um, you know, things to at least carry on. Like, you know, there was a lot of doom and gloom when this was, you know, the um, shutdowns first started impacting businesses. So to see this money come into accounts that, enable businesses to keep operating in some way, shape or form is very positive. So, yeah, but you're right though. I think we're starting to understand, you know, in, a, in some way how this is all going to play out. But mm. I still, in the back of my mind, and I guess being a business owner, you are concerned about the future and particularly the next probably 12 months um, because I think once, you know, um, yeah, we get to the end of September is probably a key date when the job keepers uh, Due to poss- finish. Yeah, yep possibly going to finish so but I think it's it's allowing us to have plenty of preparation time and I think that's what we'll talk about a bit more during the podcast later on. Yeah I think it's um I'm with you on the government because I think there's been so many articles written about what they could have done better well that's with anything like you you know our own local council here in Ballarat has had a bit of a shake-up too you know you sort of think oh there's different ways and better ways to do things but I'm with you. I think Scott Morrison's government, I think Daniel Andrews here, I think the guys in Queensland, New, New South Wales, everyone's doing their own thing, but all kind of 
I feel like all the governments are looking in the same direction. Yeah. Just to make sure that things can happen at the other other side. And look, some people might um, disagree with how JobKeeper has been rolled out or parts of it or whatever. But I think in general, it's a really been a really good thing. Yeah, and I think you know, there's a lot of difficult circumstances out there with businesses and they're still going to go through that and there's still a fair way to go. But I think there's been a lot of positive stuff as well, like in terms of how businesses have changed the way they go about things. Pivoted, yeah. Yeah, pivoted's a big word, isn't it? It's good. It's a good one. You hear that everywhere now, pivoted. So pivoted into sort of they used to do this, now they've had to think about how they do that. I'll give you an example. I've got a a hotel at the moment. They're completely closed. So no one's booking in to see them. They're in a tourism area here in Victoria. They've been – uh, on their Facebook, they've been um, promoting gift vouchers that are valid for two years to come for a two-night stay and you can buy it for Mother's Day or you can buy it for a gift for a um, family member for a birthday or whatever. And they've actually been getting some good sales in that area. So people are sort of thinking, well, it's Mother's Day. I want to buy mum something good. I'll buy her a two-night getaway um, at this hotel and resort or whatever and then they, she can go and enjoy it any time in the next two years. So for those businesses, it gives them – for that business, it gave them some income now – and thinking about the future, you know. So, and they would never have probably done that in the past because they're yeah. just too busy with people walking through the door and booking rooms every week. Yeah, and you think so, about all, all the cafes, restaurants that have, you know, that are actually um, working through a takeaway side to their business now. Now, I'd imagine that once things open up, there'll be those that probably don't do takeaway, but there'll be those that actually continue on with that because yeah, they've it set could it just all up become now. part of their business. Yeah, yeah. that's right. So, too. And, another and look, and you look at the gyms, what they've done. You know, how they've gone about getting the online um, side of the business up and running. So that's probably something that's going to continue on as well, I would have thought. I was talking to a um, ballet school that I help with, a website, and they, and they were sort of saying, oh, how do we get online, you know? Now that they're online, she's starting to say to me, well, I could actually promote my ballet school Australia-wide now, or really worldwide, because we're doing these. So, yeah. so you sort of, I think small businesses think, oh, I just service my little area. Yep. All of a sudden, the online stuff's maybe opened them up to some other customers. So you might even see some of these gyms or ballet schools or whatever, they might stay with a, a, a part of online in the future. Who knows? Yep. Yeah, and I think even a business like ours, like we're at the stage where we're probably thinking about that we needed more space in the office. I think working from home has certainly worked to a certain extent and I think there'll be a number of our team members that want to continue doing that for a certain number of days a week. And also... But what, you, what you're saying is it's sort of made – it's forced people to think differently. Yeah, that's right. And, and, yeah. and operate in a bit of a different way, yeah. which I'm with you. Like um, I've got my own staff at home. They've worked as good or even better probably than, than uh, coming into the office every day. So you might see you – know, we said pivoted was a hot word before, but hot desking is a bit of a hot word too. Like for an office environment, could you have some shared desks that X amount of people are scheduled to come and sit on them during – certain days of the week and they spend the other days of the week working from home. Especially some of those people that are commuting. You can imagine a lot of, say, Ballarat people going down to Melbourne to commute to work every day. If there's an opportunity to break that up and do a Tuesday and a Friday from home or something, like it just makes their whole life easier and, you know, maybe more rewarding from a work point of view. Yeah, I think the key thing you said then was just breaking up the week because, you know, it can get a bit mundane doing the same thing every day. But if you know that you've got that, you know, that day at home where you can work, you can just focus on getting work done, have a bit of time off. Less interruptions. Yep. yep. yep less, yeah. So I think it is something that from a business perspective like ours will certainly be taking on board moving forward. I might throw to you for some of the more detailed um, parts. 
of what's happening at the moment and some updates to do with um, the financial side of the coronavirus. Yeah, so just with the JobKeeper, um, probably the key thing there is that uh, at the end of May, 31st of May, we've got to have registered if we want to claim back the um, March, sorry, the April and May payments. So that's an important date. Now, there's some businesses getting a bit confused to, to think that if they haven't registered by the 31st of May, that's it, they can't register. All that date is really relevant to is April and May. So your salaries in those two months. Yep, that's right. Stuff. So you can because still apply co- for June, etc. So once you know, well, some businesses mightn't qualify yet. You that's know, right. They might that's qualify right. in June, but they didn't qualify in May. So what which you're is saying what we is are, they can still yeah, apply for it. Yeah. So what we're starting to see more and more is businesses getting affected. So as the economy, you know, um, starts having a few issues, we're seeing those businesses that were travelling pretty well. Like it didn't really seem as though anything had affected them, but we are starting to see that now. So. It's highly likely in these months um, coming along that, yeah, we will see that drop in income. Yep. Now, it's important. So, Mark, uh, May 31 for, um, yeah, for April and May JobKeeper payments, you've got to yeah. have your applications in. And just a few stats on the JobKeeper. So, um, I read something in the Financial Review during the week that um, – and, look, I guess you can make these numbers look however you want them to, to sell a newspaper or to create a headline, but – Basically, they were saying that the job keeper will save one million jobs. So that's keeping that connection between the employer and the employee. But I guess that then they said that that's great. You know, we're saving one million jobs, but that's going to cost one hundred thirty thousand dollars per job, on the basis that the whole scheme is costing one hundred thirty billion dollars. So. Yep. It's a big investment, isn't it, when you think about it like that? Yeah, but I suppose, uh, as you've mentioned in a previous podcast, I think small to medium businesses especially, the cost of hiring someone down the track, which could be advertising, interviewing, you know, getting them through induction, you know, all that stuff, the cost of doing that is big to a business. So if you, if you can keep someone connected to you so that there's less – once they get back on board and they're back working, you know, there's less training to do, there's less uh, employment – stuff to do so I think from that point of view it's probably going to be a winner yeah that's right and I suppose if they weren't getting the job keeper they're probably going to be on the job seeker anyway and the biggest risk with these uh, recessions or slowdown in the economy is that as we've mentioned before once someone loses their job it might take two three four years to actually get a job again so that's where there's a massive cost to the economy so I think the investment that the government's making now is on the basis that they're going to prevent that pain in the future so it, it, it all makes sense I think when you think about it like that yeah I think some of us find it hard to understand because you might not be an economist or someone that sort of regularly looks into that stuff but you're right I mean it's basically a $200 difference every week between job seeker and job keeper so you know the government's going to be paying them the 550 anyway they may as well pay them the extra 200 and keep them connected with the employer yeah that's right and I think there's all those flow-on issues that are associated when people haven't got work as well so a lot of social issues and so forth. So it's 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 very important to keep people in work, um, just keeping the cash flow flowing in so they can pay their loans, pay their debts, etc., and keep the economy ticking. Yep, keep the wheels turning. Probably one other thing, Gav and Rachel touched on this, and it's more linked to the farming, but um, it was concern around um, China. China aren't too happy with Australia at the moment. Yes, um, big headlines during the week. Yeah. So, 80% tariff on barley. Yeah, that's one. right. So yeah. that... It's definitely happening. So, yeah, we, we we talked about it briefly last week, but it's definitely happening now. So so I guess they're the sort of the indirect issues that are probably coming through. I was listening to another 
uh, or reading something this morning where similar thing over in I think the UK it was where they've got an oversupply of potatoes. Yes. Fro- frozen frozen pota- potatoes. Frozen French fries, basically. Yep, that two, are gonna, I think it was two and a half million tonnes worth of potatoes. Yeah, so they could end up here in Australia. So at, at a discounted rate. At a discounted rate. So there's these things that are probably going to happen in the economy that are a flow-on effect of, I guess, the coronavirus and other economies around the world slowing down. So they're the types of issues now that we're starting to see that are going to have that financial impact. And do you think, especially on our local farmers, but do you think that's because... The UK are in lockdown a lot more than we are because they've had a lot more cases and deaths, of course, and they're expecting that to go on a bit longer. So they're trying to offload um, that product overseas. Yeah, that I think must be why they, they don't think they're going to get through it. Yeah, that's right. So there's, it's a supply and demand uh, situation. But um, the bloke that wrote the article said it's because over there they don't have a lot of drive-throughs. So people aren't actually driving through, say, your Maccas, Hungry Jacks. No, seriously. Really? Yeah. So, and that's we've, why. We've got too many of them over here. Well, yeah, probably. But um, <laughs> he was saying the French fry sales have just gone down considerably. When I've been overseas, how many drive-throughs I've got? No, no. Well, I think, I think Australia's followed America a lot with that sort of side of things. Yeah, that, that two and a half million tonnes worth of you know, potatoes coming into the country, that's, that's all those political things that are happening in the background. Um, and even that barley 80% tariff for China, I was reading that it wasn't really anything to do with coronavirus. It was um, the culmination of an 18-month kind of investigation, not investigation, but they've been working with China that long. It just happened to come now. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think, um, you know, we can't blame coronavirus for absolutely everything, but um, it's causing a fair bit of angst for everyone, of course. Well, Chris, a couple of things have uh, happened this week. So our Queensland office, um, we've promoted out through the social accounts this week that the Queensland government's come out with, um, for any of our Queensland listeners, a $10,000 business stimulus um, grant. So any businesses affected by um, coronavirus, there's a a few categories that you need to sort of satisfy. So uh, you must be between one and 19 employees, have a turnover over 75,000, have a payroll of less than 1.3 million, obviously have a Queensland headquarters and demonstrate the business has been impacted. The grant's um, $10,000 can be used on a wide range of things from, you know, uh, business development to assistance with you know, software, including things like Zero that the guys might use for their accounting, stock management software, maybe a new website, digital marketing, advertising or bookkeeping services, things that might actually help boost the, the business back into the economy. So this is for the heavily affected businesses, especially Queensland, you can imagine there's a lot of hospitality up there and tourism. So um, these affected businesses, well, how do we get back out there again? Um, they might say, oh, look, you know, um, we want to we wanna be able to put up a new website or do some social media advertising and they just don't have the money. So this $10,000 is a grant. Um, look, it only got introduced on Wednesday this week and already, um, just as of today, 27% of the funds have already been applied for. So yeah, right, if you're right. a Queensland business... Um, jump onto the, the guys at our Queensland Sunshine Coast office and they can give you a hand applying. But, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's probably that Queensland are a few weeks behind because New South Wales and Victoria have already introduced their – all states seem to have picked the number $10,000 somehow, but I don't know how they've picked that number. But the $10,000 grant for Victoria has already been out. Um, it's Look, it's similar. We have mentioned it in the past on this podcast, but there's things like you must have a turnover over 75,000, have a payroll less than 650, 650,000. This is the Victorian one. Victorian one, yep. yep. Um, there's two streams involved in the Victorian one. So it's all available on business.vic.gov.au. So if you wanted to go and have a bit of a look at it, but it can be used for, the Victorian one especially can be used for things like rent, 
some of those more um, day-to-day operational I mean, yeah, yeah, overhead overheads, costs. whereas yeah, the Queensland yeah. one's a little bit more for yeah. um, promotion and relaunching your business. Yeah. The Victorian one's more about making sure you're not shutting your doors completely. It might assist with a few overheads, a few electricity bills or payments. So, But if you've been heavily affected by it in any of the – I think we've got now got one in New South Wales, Victoria and Queensland. So they're all at $10,000 and you've just got to apply. Um, and I know that some of the guys here have been applying for the, some of the Victorian yeah. businesses yep. we've got on the books. Yeah, so the Victorian one pretty much came out straight away. So it was probably more directed at those initial businesses that were affected. And the key criteria was that they satisfied that industry code, whether it was – I think caravan parks was one of them, cafes, restaurants, etc. Mm. Um, so just to get the money in, in the bank account of those businesses to help pay with those type costs that you, that you mentioned, Gav – and from then on, they've probably opened it up a lot more to other businesses. So now it's at the stage where if you're receiving JobKeeper, you'll be entitled to that $10,000 amount. Well, a lot of the states are using the JobKeeper ca- um, categorisation yeah. as the way to become eligible yeah. Yeah, for, their, for their grants. Yeah, because they, these grants are great and every business that is eligible should really look into it. And um, like a lot of these things, it's a little bit more complicated than it might seem, like filling in more forms, etc. Um, so, look, you know, our accounting teams are more than happy to help businesses out. And I think it's just because we keep talking about how, you know, this bit of a shutdown period is a great time to get your business ready for the next chapter and once things open up again, etc. But you can imagine the business owner on the other side thinking, yep, that all sounds great, but I haven't got any money to do anything or I'm not going to spend money yes. on these things. So this is where these grants really come into play. Like it just gives that bit of peace of mind that there's extra cash there to actually invest in the business um, and get these things up and running. So, um, no, look, it's a – yeah, look, you have you have to hand it to the States. They've done a great job. I know with the Victorian one, I reckon it's only got about 10 days to run. Yeah, it runs it's going at to, the end of May. It's finishing up on the 31st of May, the Victorian one, although the Queensland one we mentioned earlier has only just been announced, but it's 27% of the way through. So there's limited funds on that one. Yeah. They've yep. said once that 100% has been applied for, they're going to shut it down. Yeah, so yep, that's right. If you're in either of those two states and you're an affected business, you should talk to us straight away so yep, we can get, get you applied. Yeah. Get onto it. Um, but just interesting that, um, you know, it can be used for uh, a range of different things. So it's not like you have to use it for something in particular. As I said, it can be from rent right through to, you know, get some new photography of your business or a video made or a website or something to promote, get yourself back out there. So those um, those grants, yeah, get onto them. And um, Victoria in the next 10 days and Queensland over the, the coming week or so. So, Gav, I reckon this is week eight. So we've done well. We didn't think we'd get this far, but... So it's becoming part of the regular <laughs> diary, right. isn't it? I just really look forward to it. Actually. I had someone during the week say to one of my sons, he's a footy coach, he coaches him in the footy, he said, I've heard, I've listened to every single one. I said, well, you've done better than my whole family. <laughs> yeah, right. So, uh, yeah, yeah, there you go. That's We are getting some regular listeners, Chris. Yeah, no, which is good, which is good. So I think part of today's was just to do a bit of a recap because we have probably started this at a time when there's a lot of change. Mm. So A lot I, to report on, a lot sort of to – filter through yeah how do i understand it does it affect me or not yeah that's right and the guests we've had along have been you know they work in different parts of our business but they're all really relevant to what we're trying to achieve in terms of help people through this crisis so now if we sort of go back and um, think about when we were speaking to neil mccann from our lending team so yeah it was all about just getting those loans in place working capital now that was what six or so weeks ago but that hasn't changed has it like we still need to be looking at that and especially important if you're a business who can claim that under 
$1,000 tax write-off. There's a, few, there's a lot of activity around that particular thing, but that does finish at the end of June. So um, potentially it's going to go back down to $1,000. Yeah, so that's right. you've got yeah. to really sort of think about, have a chat to your, to your accountant, have, double check that it's the right thing for you if you've got your cash flow and make that purchase. Um, that's where Neil's lending team can yeah. help. So which which leads into our tax planning, which we did, which we spoke with Mark Cunningham. So yeah, and all those write offs that are available, making sure that we're accessing those, going through that process, which is really important. Rachel mentioned that as well. Uh, a couple yeah, of yeah, yeah specific the to the to the yep. farming side of things. Maybe so, bring that purchase forward if you planned for it, you know, early next year or late this year. Bring can, is there a possibility of bringing it forward? Yep, yeah, and then talking to Brad too couple of weeks ago yeah it was very important there's a lot of legal aspects to you know what's going on and making sure you're compliant um i think the guys have been doing a lot around the terms and conditions we spoke about that um when we uh, had our episode with brad so that was really important just to get again one of those things in place that you may not have in place now the terms and conditions around um dealing with your customers and uh suppliers making sure that you know you've got everything under control there Certainly could be something that – that's that's the exact item that you could claim under one of those business grants. Exactly. Because it's going to improve your business going forward. So they're definitely going to sort of tick that kind of thing off to use that $10,000 for. Yeah, I think it's important too because as we – you know, the economy kicks back into gear, I'm sure there's still going to be a, a, a bit of carnage. You know, there'll be businesses that get up and running but, you know, things have changed – um, so you want to make sure that you're protecting yourself. So you've got all those things in order to make sure that, um, yeah, like, you know, if you sell something on credit that you're going to get paid. So I think that's where that, you know, particularly that terms and conditions is really important. I think the other thing we're starting to see now, and look, typically leading up to the end of June, we do a lot of this work anyway, but we're starting to see it ramp up um, again. So in relation to restructuring of businesses, and I think this... You know, also was where Brad was having providing some advice in relation to or just an overview of, you know, what's available out there in terms of, you know, asset protection, making sure you've got all, you know, assets held in the right spot, um, minimising risk and so forth. So I think that's something that we've always done in the past, but it really is something that's ramping up again because I guess what we're thinking is going to happen is that We've got a lot of great tax concessions and the ability to actually change structures without paying tax, without paying stamp duty. So we're a bit concerned whether or not those concessions will apply again in the future because the government have got to change things to increase their revenue. So whether they sort of cut some of these concessions out or don't make it as easy... So maybe it's a good opportunity to get in and do some of these things sooner rather than later. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's something that we're starting to see a bit more... Um, demand in as well. Probably one of the more important things I think we need to start focusing on, Gav, is around the future. And if we refer back to our FS360 program, there's a step in that, step eight, called business planning. Now, I think what we need to do is we need to attach to our show notes uh, the flyer or the information that sits behind that. And that's um, in relation to uh, what makes a great business. So, over the years, we've put together a document that comes up with the, the 10 key things that we've found that actually, you know, you see the businesses that do really well during good times and bad, and what are the 10 key criteria that enable that to happen. So we've got that document. I think if we put that up on 
So, yeah, we'll put it up on the website. Um, we can't attach to Spotify or podcasts, Apple Podcasts, but we'll put on all of these episodes go on the FS360 podcast page on mulkay.com.au. So we'll, we'll pop that as a downloadable PDF for free for anyone that wants to have a look at it. So, yeah, the 10 characteristics and requirements um, of, you know, what makes a great business. Yeah, so we might just quickly run through a few of those now, Gav, if we've got, got a bit of spare time. Go for it. Yeah, so I think the first one is understand that you need help. So this is probably a big one and that links back to, I guess, how we've been, I guess, dealing with clients of, of recent times. So, you know, it's been obviously tough times, but it's been great to have been involved with clients and helping them through this process. So you know, I think that's where those grants can come into play as well. That's where we can sort of sit down with clients. Um, they don't have to try and deal with all these things by themselves. Running a business can be a very lonely life. Because sometimes you're in there trying to manage a lot of different things, juggle a lot of balls at once. So yeah, it's 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 very important every now and then just put your hand up and say, look, I need some help here. Yep, reach out. Yeah, reach out. And um, I think that's what we've learnt from very successful businesses that they will reach out for help. They don't try and do everything by themselves. Yep. You, look, you just can't be the expert at everything, can you? Hopefully, you're the expert in your industry, and that's what you offer your customers or your clients. But apart from that, you can't can't know everything about legal or about other things. So no, the idea is to get, get someone in to help with that. Uh, the second one was start with the end in mind. So what that really refers to is that we've all started business. We should have a picture of where we want to get to and what that business looks like. Now, I know at the moment we've hit a major hurdle with what's going on and look, most businesses have been impacted negatively. Some have actually doing quite well, but most have been impacted. bit of a side note, it does worry me the businesses at the moment that haven't been impacted because they're just cruising along thinking nothing's going to happen. But yeah. I, I think at some stage the economy or something else will, something will create, them. create some issues for them. So I yeah, think it's yeah. important for those businesses that think, oh, well, this is all fine, nothing's really happened to me yet, they're a bit of a worry. So they, they do need to start thinking about, you know, if the economy does slow down or things do change, how do we go about it? So, and, start, and with, so start with the end in mind about maybe like a – five or ten year plan or it's about, you know, what I, do I actually run this business as my business but make sure it's ready for sale at any time or something like that. That's right. Yeah. So, and the idea of that is, is that at any time with a business you're going to face challenges. Now, we're obviously facing one now but if you've got that picture of where you're trying to get to, yep, there'll be a few slight deviations, coronavirus, there could be droughts, um, interest rates going up. Even a, a key client leaves yep. or something that you rely on or um, or a key staff member leaves and you've sort of been relying on them. So there's all those other things as well that yep. sort of that's right. can't be in your planning. That's right. So, but if you, I guess that's what sort of keeps you back, getting back on track. So that, yep, there's a slight deviation for whatever reason, but you know that you've got to get back on track to get to where you want to get to. Yep. Okay. So, that long-term plan. So we've noticed that successful businesses do have that picture, an idea and plan of where they want to get to. Uh, the next one, it's one of those things that's a bit sort of, I'm not sure, a bit, bit, bit fluffy, I suppose you'd call it almost, that, you know, the uh, business owner out there would say, oh, I don't need that, it's a load of crap. But having a, um, a mission or a purpose for your business as well as your core values and your history. Most small business operators, medium-sized business operators have got a really good s- story to tell. Like they started with nothing, Build up the business. Maybe through passion or through uh, just hard work. Just hard work. Yep, yep, just hard work, just, you know, and all of a sudden, I shouldn't say all of a sudden, you know, they say, I think they said something, uh, was, it, was it Apple? It was an 
it was an overnight success. It just took 20 years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Something yeah, like that. 20 years of hard work. Yeah, so I think <laughs> it's really important if you can actually start communicating that because I think as businesses grow and they've started from a very low base, meaning that it was a, you know, a one-person startup or something. Startup. Yep. How, yeah, how they actually got to where they've got to is really good to tell that story. And I think employees... Um, really connect to that sometimes and I think it's important for them to understand how you've done what you've done because I think the, the good the good message out of that is that everybody works to earn a living you know and you might run your business because you think I want to make some money well of course you do and you need to that's what makes the world go around but if you haven't got uh, some other satisfaction or you know another reason to do stuff keep you know to provide a great service to a client or whatever um, you know it becomes a bit of an empty uh, mission statement, doesn't it? You know, yeah, just, that's I've just right. got to make some money out of my business, you know. And I think your mission statement or your, your purpose statement, that's a really critical thing. Like with our business, it's something that we've, you know, it took a while for us to actually really nail it down. Um, and because we've got accounting, you know, financial planning, lending, legal, IT, marketing, it's a lot of different businesses and agri, it's, it's a lot of different businesses, a lot of different people. But at the end of the day, we're here to help people. So our, our purpose is to help committed clients um, maintain and achieve financial security. So, so really anything in the business can filter into that one goal, I suppose. That's which right. does give everybody a bit of a um, focus, you know. It's not just about, you know, your turnover or, you know, what, what work you can do for whoever and get paid. It's you've got a higher purpose of why am I doing this, you know. Yeah. And everyone, hum, we're all human beings. We all kind of need that, don't we? Yeah, you, know, you need to make make it feel like you've um, you know you've achieved or that you've um, achieved something out of out of your week. That's right. So I work. think from our point of view, like I work in the accounting and taxation area, so you know, for example, a lot of our employees will be uh, processing tax returns. For example, now you can look at that as either just processing a, a form, or you can say, look, whilst you're going through this. We're very privileged to have all this information about people. How about we look at this information and sort of see how we can help them? Mm. You know, we've got this financial data. Um, we're looking at loan statements, for example. We're seeing what the interest rates are. We're seeing what, um, how much debt they've got compared to their income, compared to their, to their assets. So we can use that information to then help the client. You know, their interest rate might be too high, so we can have a chat to the lending guys and sort of work through that process. So, And it may have been something that the client just either hasn't had time to look at or doesn't understand enough about, so that's why they're looking at that, you know, the account, leaning on the account to do that for them. And I guess with marketing coming on board, and I guess that's one of the, I guess, purposes with you, you here too, Gab, with your business, is that that whole communication is such an important part for every business now, isn't it? Not just well, ours, but our clients. It's just so important. We were just talking off air before that I've had my busiest month coming into April. So I'm kind of one of those businesses unaffected at the moment, but it's because a lot of clients want to communicate with their clients and customers. So they want to increase the amount that they're telling people um, and they, they kind of do that through their marketing agency, which is what we do for our customers. So um, the next one is linked to the, uh, I guess, yeah, linked to the core values and mission statement and that's your why. So just, and particularly at a time like this where you're probably facing a bit of pressure with your business, always go back and think, well, why did I start this business? Mm. And it's typically, as I said, linked back to your mission or core values but 
it's not just about money. It's about, like, as I said, about our business. It's trying to help people as much as possible. So I think that's the sort of thing that can actually help you through difficult times to understand why you're actually doing what you're doing. Um, like when we walk into this building, are we here just to process forms or are we here just to use that information and knowledge to help our clients? And I think, too, we, I sit down with new customers, Chris, and we talk about their marketing and, and it always comes back to the client saying, well, we do this kind of work for this kind of client. And I always ask the question, but what kind of work do you want to do? We know what you do already. We know what kind of client you work for now, but is that what you want to do? And that always, uh, that always, everyone, the, every client takes a step back then and says, actually, I prefer to be doing this work over here with this kind of client. So that's what we actually aim their marketing at, what they want to do, because yeah. that's the why. That's why they got into their business, not just to have turnover and make sure they pay the bills, to actually go and do this, you know. And maybe they're not actually achieving that at the moment, and that's where things like their marketing come in and help them. That's right. So then what we find with the successful businesses, if they focus on their why, the results happen. If they just focus on that top line or bottom line result, it's it, – it, it doesn't happen or they don't enjoy it or get that, that Well, the why is where the passion is, isn't it? Exactly. Like yeah. someone got into um, being a, a horse trainer because they love horses and they love horse racing. So that's their passion. So that should be the part of their why, you know. And but if they got away from that just to pay the bills, well, you know, they're not enjoying it as much. And what we do see from time to time as well is that that initial stage of the business is where the person is doing the work, so they're on the tools effectively, Um but then all of a sudden their business starts growing and they're employing people. All of a sudden they're a manager. And that's probably something they didn't think that they were going to be doing or didn't sign up for. So then that's a different set of, I guess, challenges. And let's put that in a real-world environment. Let's say it's a plumber, you know. Well, in trade school they don't really teach you how to manage people and become a business manager and understand things about cash flow and whatever. So that's where almost, um, you know, you really do have to – reach out to those professionals to give you a hand with all of that. Because as you say, you might have been great on the tools yourself and that's the reason you became successful. Yep. Once you take that step back and you've got some staff doing it with you, um, that's the next challenge. What we're going to do is uh, the 10 um, steps to what makes a great business is uh, the flyer that we're going to have on next to the website, um, next to the podcast on the website. So we're actually going to run through some of those points this week, which we've done. And we're going to finish them off next week, Chris. So just to break it up for um, the, the listeners out there. Yeah, I think that's a good idea because the next few sort of start talking about more financial um, steps. So I think that'd be a good idea just to leave that to next week. We'll go through them then. And um, yeah, so we can cover off on the 10 items. But the fly will be there if people want to read ahead and uh, see what we're going to talk about next week. It's up on there. Yeah, maybe we'll ask some homework questions yeah, that's you know, for next idea. week. So Good people, idea. have you have you looked at the flyer? So yeah, it'll be on the FS360 podcast page on mulkay.com.au. That's where you'll find it. Chris, that's uh, that's going to be it for this week. We're going to roll, uh, we're going to sign off with our recession busting tip of the week, um, of which we're up to about number seven, I think. We've done sort of one nearly every episode. So. Yeah. yeah, so I think the plan is we'll collate all these at some stage and have a full list. Um, do we, yeah, do, do you want to run through the, the six we've covered so far? We could, yeah, most definitely. So we've sort of got we'll, – we'll go one about, hey? How's yeah, that? Okay. I'll do the first one. So the first one was to get your finances in order. Um, think about your finances. That's your lending and your loans. Um, and get your finance um, sorted now while there's um, some really low rates happening and, uh, and that sort of thing. Yeah, and I think that was particularly around working capital too. And as we touched on during this episode, that 
businesses, if you think you're going all right now and you have to make impacted, they're like you probably should have a good look at things and probably get things set up for the next couple of years would be a good idea with that finance tip. Good advice. Uh, the second one was investing client and customer relationships. So that was, I guess, more around your line of work, Gav, just making sure that you are communicating and using those different means to communicate, such as the social media channels and so forth. And just a, just a reminder that it might be a, a hard time to win new customers right now. So the idea is to keep your current customers super happy with your service or your business and um, keep in contact with those current customers. Tip three was get tip, fit. Tip three was get fit business and physically uh, and health-wise. So the idea is that we're hitting a, a bit of a rocky road at the moment and uh, the idea is to stay as business fit as you can with all of these things we're talking about. But keep yourself physically fit. Get, get some regular sleep at the same times. Um, eat some good food and exercise as much as you can. Um, that'll help you take on any business challenges that come along. Uh, tip four was re- review superannuation and insurances. That was after our discussion with Fane Turley from our uh, financial planning area of the business. So, yeah, just making sure that that's working for you and making sure your insurances are relevant to your circumstances too and you're getting the tax benefit out of that as well. Um, you know, I think we covered off on life insurance, TPD, income protection and trauma insurance in that discussion, but just making sure that you do actually understand what you've got and it is working for you because some of these insurance policies can be costly and particularly if you don't need them. So, um, yeah, it's a good idea just to review that and make sure it ties in with everything else that's going on in your life. And superannuation has got to be the biggest for some people, black hole, they just don't know what they've got. So the idea is to contact the guys um, with Dane here at Financial Planning and try and get those things in order. Yeah, and there's quite a few clients asking about whether they can get access to it under that early access scheme, the two lots of $10,000. So, yeah, that sort of, I guess, follows on with that tip as well. Just if you're going to access that, that's great. But, yeah, I guess take a longer-term view and, yeah, make sure that that's the right thing to do. Tip five was get your legal matters sorted. So Brad and Anthea from our legal department came in and had a chat about quite a few things. It was our longest episode, actually. They had quite a bit to say about different matters, but little things like get your will sorted this uh, this particular time. If you've got a bit of extra time at home, um, think about your wills. Um, they also spoke about some more um, like your um, terms and conditions on your uh, quotes and that sort of thing, make sure you get paid. Um, yeah, there's a lot of bits and pieces you can be doing at the moment to ensure that um, your legal matters are sorted out. Tip six was control what you can control. So, um, yeah, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of things out of business and individuals control. So it's really just key to focus on those things that you have got control over. So otherwise we can all get sort of, you know, pretty uh, caught up with all these things going on in the world, the coronavirus, you know, even looking at the farmers and what's happening with barley, like... Challenges everywhere, aren't they? completely out of their control. And, you know, I suppose in that light, it's just important to really focus on the things you have got control over, do them really well. Um, And I suppose really the the five prior tips are really all about that. Like, you know, you can control all those areas, can't you? So really try and tick those off. So when things do get a bit more difficult, whether it's a recession, um, some people have been saying depression, which we don't want to go that far, obviously, but yeah, just get all these things in order. So when things do get tough, you know, you're in control of things you can control. The other things that are going to happen, well, they're going to happen anyway, aren't they? So um, at least you've got things under control. And I think it helps keep your head clear. 
Two, yeah. this is the other thing. If you know that things are happening and you've got it all in order in the background, it actually helps you sleep at night and keeps your head pretty clear um, going into the challenging times ahead. That's right. So we're up to tip seven, Chris, today. And I thought we might do it around um, ensuring that you're making best use of the government incentives currently available. So we spoke about the two, each state's got the $10,000 business incentive um, payments uh, or grant that you can apply for. So the idea is to have a good chat to your accountant, see whether you're eligible or not. If you are, get the application in as soon as possible. As we said, the Victorian one finishes at the end of May. Queensland's just started, but is going to run out because it's uh, got a cap on how many people can apply, uh, how much money's being given out, and use that $10,000 to really assist your business through this time and then relaunch into the future. That's right. It's it's a great opportunity to get your hands on some cash that can be used for such a good purpose. So as Gav mentioned, investing into your business. And it is running out. The Victorian one finishes in 10 days. So tip seven, make best use of the government incentives. We're looking forward to having everyone listen in again next week um, to the FS360 podcast brought to you by Mark Kanko. Thanks, Chris, for your time. Yep, no, thanks, Jeff. Just one last point, um, just tax planning. Yeah, just make sure, obviously, we're heading towards the end of May, only a month to go. So, yeah, it's really critical now to get all that, that tax planning strategies in place. Yep, have a good think about it and have yep. a chat to the yep. accountants about that. Thank you. Thanks, Gav.